You're listening to the Direction for Life podcast. We pray this episode blesses you. We'd love to connect with you. Visit us at rdci.info or on Facebook at Right Direction Church International. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the RDCI. We hope you enjoy this broadcast. I got provision when it looks like I have nothing. That's why, that's why I used to preach. I was, for those who were here on Wednesday night, I used to go back to New Jersey and preach a full gospel, and I would preach and teach the word of God and teach about prosperity, uh, teach uh, uh, 3 John 2, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper, being healthy even as your soul prosper. I would, I, would, I would teach that Jesus became poor, that you might be rich. I would teach God shall supply all your need according to riches and glory, and I would preach and I would hoop and I would sweat and I would shake the mic and the organ be going, and we would shout, and Mother Bailey would get up and say, y'all hear the way he preached? Boy, he preached like he like he owned the world, and he don't have pot no window. She told the church that, okay? He said, pretty, but he, and everybody laughed, he don't have pot no window, but I tell you right now, I got a whole bunch of pots and a whole bunch of windows, okay? Just because you don't see my pots and windows don't mean I don't have pots and windows. What I knew was that, that my lack of whatever assets or material things don't change the word but the word will change what I have. What I have don't change the word, but the word will change what I have. Let me tell this section. What you have don't change the word, but the word will change what you have. But you gotta change systems and believe that God is a God of invisible things. That's why we move forward to build this sanctuary as we're coming out of the pandemic and as Pastor Marcy reminded us and reminded me, because I forgot about it during her session during the direction conference, that we were receiving offerings for a new sanctuary when the church was closed and we just had a remnant crew here. We were receiving, why? Because I never thought, unlike other people, I never thought that the pandemic was going to stop the church. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell, and it sounds like a pandemic might be included in that. A pandemic, a recession, banks shutting down, interest rates going up, oil prices fluctuating. None of those things stop the church. So, I, seriously, I considered not, okay? Pastors get around and they, and they say stuff to me like, have your people come back? I said, no, a whole lot of them ain't come back. I said, but a whole bunch of new ones are coming. The Lord told, y'all remember as we were coming out of that, I was up here almost fussing every Sunday. Almost, to, to make, you ought to feel bad about yourself. If you love Jesus, you come to church. Things happen when you come to church. The Lord said, leave these folks alone. I got all new people who will fill my house. Watch this. Because sinners are being born every day. Did y'all notice that the pandemic, did, oh my God, listen, 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 listen. Listen, Linda. The pandemic didn't stop babies being born. And the pandemic can't stop people from being born again. Are y'all hearing me? It's all about, but, but man, if I listen to these folks, to these faithless jellyback, Punk preachers. 
who believe in the world system more than they believe the word of God, who believe in sociological research more than they believe the word of God, who believe in Democrats and Republicans more than we believe God. I would have been said, well, I guess we missed God. Well, we should have built it back then. If we didn't build it back, I guess we didn't miss our time. The devil is a liar. Now, let's get on with what we were doing. I preached this for years. And it applies in this situation. I preached this for years. If you are on your way down to Disney World in Orlando, Florida, and you get down to Jacksonville or Savannah, and you get a flat, you don't change the whole trip and say, well, I guess we ain't supposed to go to Disney World. Let's call AAA and go on back to Columbia. No, we fix the flat and keep on down the road, get on four, and go on to Disney World. Stop letting a bump in the road cancel your trip. Stop letting a bump in the road change your life. Stop letting a divorce change your life. Stop letting get fired change your life. Stop letting a repossession change your life. Stop letting a foreclosure change your life. God's got a future for you. It's a matter whose system you believe. Yeah, there are things that cause delays, but delay is not denial. So when we were supposed to be breaking ground, when we were supposed to be breaking ground in 20 or 21, but in the 21, the bank calls me and says, Bishop Bailey, uh, we don't know what's going on with this pandemic. Uh, and so we're going to just put a hard uh, yellow light. We ain't gonna call it a red light on this whole project. We're gonna put a hard yellow light. They say, cause we don't know what's gonna happen. They said, and so we don't know what the economy is going to do. We don't know how our bank's going to do. And we don't know how your church is going to do. And faith rose up in me. I said, faith rose up in me. The Bible said, let God arise. Let every enemy be scattered. And faith rose up in me. And I told the bank vice president, I said, well, I'll be praying for the economy. And I'll be praying for your bank. But as for our church, we're going to be all right. Look at somebody say, we're going to be all right. Because the church is not built on the economy of God. The church is built upon the economy of heaven. And he said, all the gold is mine. All the silver is mine. Whose report will you believe? So if you're going to change systems, you got to believe the invisible more than the visible. Now, let's get into today's message. All that was review. Mike, you understand that. <laughs> what I want to tell you today is you really got to trust God's system. Say that with me. Say, I trust God's system. So listen, y'all. There's nothing wrong or sinful about being rich. And let me give you a definition of rich because some of y'all have a problem with that, especially here in church. It simply means having more than enough. Rich means abundantly supplied. Being rich gives you options. Okay? If, 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 you, want, if you have to go from here 
to New York City, God forbid for a funeral or a wedding, okay? Being rich gives you options how you can go. Whether you ask somebody to drive you, whether you drive your own car, whether you take a 12, 14-hour trip on, on the train, okay? Whether you fly, it just gives you options. Y'all with me here? It just, it just gives you options. And also being rich, it causes you, listen, to be selfless. When you're rich, you can think about somebody else's needs. There may be somebody in here today, no, really, and I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad, who when I put up that picture of the minibus and said, somebody here could say, you're talking about a, I need a car. You taking up an offering for some minibus to take folks around this campus and they can just walk? I can't believe that. $8,000, okay? Being rich gives you options. It causes you to not just think about yourself. Amen. Come on, say it. It says, the will of God for me to be rich. So you can have your needs taken care of and take care of somebody else's needs. It always, it, it always baffles me. People have said stuff about the church over the years. Well, the church, the church, they talking about money and all. The church ought to be helping somebody. That's what the church, the church should help somebody. You all hear people say, that's what the church should do. The church should be helping somebody. You can't help anybody, you can't help yourself. That's, 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 that's like you in your house and, and you, don't have, you don't have money for your rent. And you, you and your wife talking and you talk to your wife and your wife say, well, we ought to be, we, we ought to help other people pay their rent. You're like, are you crazy woman? We can't help anybody pay out their rent until our rent is paid. That's why God wants you to have more than enough so you can be selfless. So there's nothing wrong with or sinful about being rich, more than enough abundantly supplied. It's just a matter of how we trust to get there. Second Corinthians 8 9, it says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, that though he was rich, note the Bible don't say Jesus was poor. Jesus said, The poor you have with you always, but me, you won't. Listen to that. The poor you have with you always, but me you won't. So that tells us even Jesus distinguished himself from the poor. He said, the poor will be with you, but I won't always be with you. If, if Jesus identified as poor, he would have said, you know, us poor people ain't going to be with you long. That's not what he said. Okay? And so here we see, for the, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, he was rich. Yet for your sakes, by coming to earth, by being subject to human existence, he became poor that through his poverty, that you through his poverty might be what? Jesus came to make you rich. Now, that's not the only thing he did, but that, that's part of the gospel. Okay? He came to save you from sin. Okay? Which is something when you receive Jesus Christ, you're saved from sin. But he said, now, now, now that I got eternity taken care of, let me help you in your temporary. <laughs> now that you're going to live forever, in the meantime, let me help you live a good life here on earth because I want you to prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers, okay? So, so we, through his poverty, we might become rich. It's a question of which system you trust to make you rich. Are you relying, trusting, and depending on your grind or on his grace? God wants you to trust him and trust his system. We saw the scripture earlier, Proverbs 10, 22, it's the blessing of the Lord that makes rich. So watch this, 
So more than trying to be rich, we should say, I, just, I need to make sure I got the blessing of God on my life. Which is why I'm serious about living by the principles of the word. Because when you live by the principles of the word, there are inherent blessings by obeying the word. The scripture says over and over again, he says that things may go well with you. So when we live by the word, things go well with you. You realize if, if you get married and sleep with one person, you're less likely to get AIDS. Y'all don't, don't like me now. If you wait till you're married to have children, it's less likely your children going to struggle. Y'all don't like me now. Okay. I'm, I'm telling you why God puts things in his word. It's not trying to restrict you. Sex is good. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Somebody said, tell the truth. <laughs> Sex is good. But God created it to be within the confines of marriage. Why? Just so things can go well with you. And you won't have the pain that we dealt with on Friday night in our man-to-man, -man, where we sat around and talked about the drama and trauma that we even men have about knowing, not knowing our fathers. Okay, God said, I know you think I'm just trying to keep you from having fun. God said, I want things to go well with you. Are y'all with me here? Live, so when you live by the principles of the word, there are inherent blessings in it. And it's the blessing of God on your life that make it rich. And out of no sorrow with it. So when you really trust God, y'all, you don't compromise God's standards. Let me say it again. When you really trust God's system, you don't compromise. People offer you this, people offer you that, people give you shortcuts, people give you get-rich-quick schemes, speedy ways to do things, uh, short, short circuits and, and cut-arounds, but when you trust God's system, you wait on God and do it his way. Genesis 14, 22 and 23. Abraham come back from slaughter of the kings, and Abraham meets the king of Sodom, and so the king of Sodom offers to work a financial deal with Abraham. And the king of Sodom represents the world system. It represents mammon. You cannot serve God and mammon. And Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand, which means I've made a vow or I've sworn before God. I've raised my hand to the Lord God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will, that I will take nothing, not even a thread to a sandal strap, and that I will take not take anything that is yours. Why? Keep reading. Lest you say, I made Abraham rich. Abraham said, I got a promise from God that if I walk before him, that if I be perfect, which means mature in my relationship with him, I got, for us in the New Testament, I got a promise from God that if I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Everything that you're trying to get me to compromise to get is going to be added to me. Woo, Jesus. This can even happen in religious circles. 
It occurred to me, I was, I was saying that, uh, some of these things, honey, I'm talking about today, I shared in our private uh, receptions with pastors last week during the wrestling conference. When I was, when I was, uh, my, when they offered for me to apply for my childhood church, historic church, that far as I know now, is really struggling because they, they had a building like 15 years or something, okay? It had a pastor from South Carolina, Church burned down, and he said, deuces. I want to find him. If I see him anyway. Okay. And when my Aunt Dottie said, well, you know, I'm on the board, and they want you to be the pastor, I said, no. And she, my, my Aunt Dottie said to me, she said, I guess you always going to be preaching at these little hole-in-the-wall sanctified churches. When I went to be with my Uncle Bishop Bailey, my grandmother said, she said, oh, okay. So you're just going to be at these little churches. Oh, my God. I was just recently thinking about this. When I was in Maine for one year, I served, I served, wasn't a member there, in the A&B Zion Church. That, 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 that's how I came to learn the song. All things come of thee, O Lord, and of thine own. Amen. I said, can somebody get the hymn book? Find out what that second part supposed to be. I served, and the pastor I was with, we were in Maine. He asked me to take a ride with him one day down to Boston, Massachusetts, where his presiding elder was. And I talked to the presiding elder, Amy Zion, for that conference, and he said, well, what's your background? I said, I told him, he said, you need to get on here and, and, and join Amy Zion. I said, no, Lord, not leave me to do that. He said, if you don't get yourself part of a denomination, you're always going to be some little preacher looking for somewhere to preach. That came back to me last week. People were trying to get me to compromise what God was speaking to me, even though it wasn't clear. That's why I tell you, even if you don't know what it is, you got to know what it ain't. Because along the path of your destiny, people will try to get you to compromise what you know God has spoken to you. Let me go deeper. Ladies, there's nothing wrong with you believing God for a saved man. Well, no, well, I just got faith. I got faith. I got faith, even though he ain't saved, that after, I just got faith after we get married, God going to save him. Won't you use that faith to believe God can save him now? Yeah. Along the path, the devil always try to get you to settle. Oh, my God. He'll try to get you to take this, because when you take this, you forfeit that. You take this, but you forfeit that. Life is a combination of decisions. What you've accepted, what you, what you rejected. What you choose to do, what you choose not to do. And so when you trust God's system, you don't compromise. I know what God has for me, and I need the blessing of God on my life. And it's the blessing that's going to make me rich. Not compromising, not, not, not just doing things based upon 3D. There's a 4D blessing God wants to give me that eyes haven't seen and ears haven't heard. My God, calm down, Herb. Look, Ecclesiastes 5.19. Every man 
to whom God has given riches and wealth. That who gives? Oh, so God gives riches and wealth. So I don't have to compromise them for it. I don't have to work a job that's against my convictions. I don't have to take a job somewhere God didn't tell me to be because they promised me more money even if I compromise my purpose and get out of my gyra place. No, I don't have to do that because God can give me wealth and riches. Y'all, when I got a hold of this scripture, I believed it. I'm not going to compromise with man. I'm not going to try get-rich-quick schemes. I'm not going to take bribes and underhanded this and that. No, every man to whom God has given riches and wealth and given him the power with the ability to eat of it, now it means your health as well, to receive his heritage and rejoice in his labor, this is what? This is the gift of God. So God wants to give you wealth and riches, oh my God, as a gift. As a gift. Not through compromise. As a gift. So which system you operate in and live by is based upon which system you trust. Now, in the Bible, Egypt was the most, it was the richest, most powerful nation in the known world at that time in the Old Testament. And so, when people needed something, when they wanted something, when stuff got hard, they always went down to Egypt. And so, Egypt, in that context, represents the world system. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and the world's way of doing things. So God was always reminding his people from time to time, don't trust in Egypt, trust me. Look at Isaiah 30. Isaiah 30 and 1, 1 through 3. Woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel. You listen to everybody else. You're taking everybody else's advice. That take counsel but not of me. Child, if I was you, I'd do such. No, no, you're not me. You don't live by the word. Well, if I was you, that don't make any sense to me. I would just, no, 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 you're not me. I live by the word, and that violates what the word says. That take counsel, but not of me, and they cover with a covering. Covering means protection, okay? They're, they're spiritual covering. For many of you, I'm your spiritual covering as your pastor. That's why many people, before they go on a trip, they'll text me and say, Bishop, I'm going out of town. I'm flying here and there because they want me as their covering to cover them in prayer. I, told, I used to tell all my children when they were teenagers, I would, uh, they would drive or, or go out on Friday night, Saturday, I said, where you going? They said, I'm going over here. I'm going over here. I said, yes. I, 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 I said, okay. I said, you need to understand, you're covered as long as you go where you told me you're going. Okay. I said, now, once you leave there and you go over there, you're no longer covered. Some of you young people need to hear me. Some of you people operate in spirit, you need to understand these things even as spiritual principles as well. He said, but you take cover, you're trying to cover yourself, but it's not from my spirit. You're looking for other things and worldly things and worldly system, worldly people to protect you and cover you. He says, and there you add sin to sin. Verse 2. And you walk to go down to Egypt, the world system, the mammon system, and you have not asked at my mouth. You immediately go to the world system, you never ask me. You immediately pull out the credit card, you never ask me. You immediately finance everything, you never ask me. You immediately go to this person or that person, and you never ask me. 
and you make deals with the king of Sodom. You go down to Egypt, have not asked in my mouth, you try to strengthen yourself in the strength of Pharaoh, and you trust in the shadow, you trust in the shadow of Egypt, therefore shall the strength of Pharaoh going to be your shame. He said, this ain't going to work out the way you thought it was going to work out. And the trust of the shadow of Egypt, your confusion. Now, now notice it says shadow, but we're supposed to be on a different shadow. According to Psalm 91, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the, the shadow of the Almighty. So I can look to the world system and world people and natural things as a covering, as a shadow, or I can abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He goes on, the next chapter, Isaiah 31. He tells the same thing. He said, I'm warning you who go down to Egypt, trust in the world system more than me. You go down to Egypt for help, and you trust in their horses, and you trust in their chariots, in their military, because they are many. You trust in their horsemen because they are strong, but you look not to the Holy One of Israel, neither seek the Lord. God said, before you go to other systems, ask me. Before you automatically do what your family did, ask me. My family did not understand my moves. They didn't understand my not staying in the denominational church I was brought up in. They didn't even understand the woman I married. We went back to Jersey City recently, and we went back, we went by, by a church, and I told Pastor Marcia, I said, so-and-so who's a bishop now, I said, his wife came out of that church, and that was a big deal because he was a church God, he was a church God and Christ guy, and she was a Baptist girl. And then, and then there was another one, one of my friends, he was an elder in church God and Christ, and he married an apostolic girl from a whole different church. And then on top, then I did the worst. I got with a Catholic girl. And all of our little circle of friends, they was all talking about us. You know, he went over there and got this girl. He went over there and got this. And, and, and folks looked at, and you need to understand, my, I'm going to talk about this on Friday night, ladies. I had convictions and I had preferences. Okay? My conviction was she had to love the Lord. Now, my preference was that she sang. That, that was one of my preferences. I just had this traditional thing in my mind. Before I bring the word to them, I'm going to ask my wife, Sister Baby, come and bring us a solo. Like the traditional preachers did. That was a preference, it wasn't a conviction, okay? And, and so one of the things, y'all, they were saying, and Pastor Marshall tell you, pe people would meet, when you, they would meet and say, well, what do you do? Do you sing? No. Do you play? No. And they're like, well, why marry you? Like every pastor's wife is supposed to sing or play. Little did they know she was going to eventually preached the paint off the walls. And they didn't know that she would be an anointed rapper. God got all kinds of surprises for you. Sometimes you can't do what other folks expecting you to do. You got to know God's path, God's plan, and God's calling on your life. And sometimes those are bold moves to operate in his system versus whatever system. And now let me tell you something else. And one of the reasons why people sometimes get jealous of you is when you get blessed outside of their system.
people want to take credit for what God has done in your life. But when you get, when you get blessed, promoted, increased outside of their system, then everybody won't claim you. Oh, you, you know, I knew him when we went to school together. I didn't even know you. People call the church every now and then. They say, uh, uh, have Pastor Benny call me. Tell him, tell him it was Ray Ray from the projects. I moved out the project in 1977. I don't remember no projects. We ain't friends. When people try to keep you stuck. You got to know God's calling on your life. Are you all with me here? Let me wrap this up. The reason why you got trust in God's system more than the world's system is because money will fail. Money will disappoint you. Money will fail, meaning it'll run out, it'll flee, it'll depreciate through recessions, through depressions, through unemployment, through inflation, through interest rates. I have some money that I've invested in the stock market. And so, you know, there's certain things I do, and, and I don't, first of all, you shouldn't invest any money you can't afford to lose. That's, that's just how it is, okay? If you want guaranteed money, just put it in the savings account and leave it there. And by the way, savings accounts are very good right now, y'all. Online ones, not the one down the street, okay? You can get 4%, 4% 5%, which is better than even a lot of these things. So, in the stock market, are doing. And so, I got, so, th there's, there's this money I've invested, and I choose my own individual, individual stock. I got 25, uh, 25 to 30 stocks in it. Very diversified. That thing has been in the negative for the last three years. Another one, I said, well, maybe they know better than me. One of, so I put, I put this money in this one particular account that the experts are supposed to manage. They manage it. Put the lump sum money over there, and they take 1% every month. They've been doing this for two years, and they ain't made me a dime. This system, and those are the experts. And so you can trust in this money system. It will fail you. It will disappoint you. Genesis 47, 15. It said, when the money failed in the land of Egypt and the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came to Joseph. God gave Joseph a plan for when the money failed. God will give you a plan when the money fails. When the money failed, God gave him a plan. That's why you got to trust God more than this system. Luke 16:9. And you need to have rela godly relationships. What I tell you all a couple years ago, money friends. Luke 16:9. I say to you, make friends of yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitation. Now, the context is here is that a man quickly, because he's about to lose his job, that's where they got that song. You're about to lose your job. You about to lose your job. And he was going to lose his job because he had mismanaged the money. And he knew he was going to lose his job. So he went to all the people. He raised money real quick to make it look like he didn't lose the money. And all the people who owed money, he cut their bills in half and said, J just pay this here. And, and, and your debt's canceled. And Jesus said that the children of, of darkness are wiser in their day than children of light because they come up with strategies to get things done. And they don't just stop. Is what Jesus was commending there. And then Jesus gives this principle in that context. He says, I tell you, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon. Use money to make friends. Notice he's saying, use money to help people. 
Don't just be selfish. That when you fail, they may receive into everlasting habitation. The amplifier of that says, so that when it fails, when the money fails, those you have favored may receive and welcome you into the everlasting habitation. What he's saying here, y'all, is that when God blesses you, help other people. Bless other people. Don't just be selfish because money will fail. And you'll have favor when you don't have money. That verse from New Living Translation said, here's the lesson. Use your, use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then when your possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. So God's, y'all, God's financial system is based upon giving, not just getting. If you're going to operate in God's financial system and switch systems, you can't just be looking to get. My name is Jimmy. I take all you give me. Always have your hand out to try to have somebody put something in it. God's finance system is based upon giving, not merely getting. Luke 6.38, we all know it. What does it say? If we give, what's going to happen? It's going to be given unto you. How? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Will men put into your bosom for with the same measure that you use or meet, it's going to be measured back to you again. If you love our podcast and the impartation you gain from it, we encourage you to become an iChurch member. As an iChurch member, you'll get access to exclusive digital content as well as an online community and various small group sessions. To find out more, visit rdci.info forward slash iChurch. Connect with us for digital impartation weekly. Join Bishop Herbert and Dr. Marsha Bailey on Clubhouse for marriage, faith, and family inside Kingdom Business Network on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash rdcitv. We stream live services on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as Wednesday at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ladies, join us for Manifest on Fridays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time.